Welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast with Chad and Jade Spencer. In this world, there's an unlimited amount of voices fighting for your attention. Facts are important, but truth is key. This podcast is all about taking real life situations and looking at them through the lens of God's word. Victory can be your story. What's up, podcast fam? Happy Friday, everybody. Glad to catch you another week. We are stoked about this week's topic, but before we get in, I know we ask you here and there, but again, if you like this content and it's a weekly thing for you, would you do us the biggest favor in the world and share the podcast, tell your friends and your family about it? You know, you do a quote, Instagram, whatever it is. And most importantly, leave us a review right on whatever platform you listen from. Yeah. And if you hate this podcast, just don't leave us a review. Yeah. (laughs) If you're like thinking, "Eh, this is about a two star podcast, uh, just keep on moving and uh, don't leave us that review. Exactly. But we're going to kind of go in a little bit of a different direction. Um, with today's podcast and what brought us to this place was we recently at our church hosted a marriage conference yeah and it was so much fun and we actually got to teach together which we don't do super often like in church i mean we do it obviously on the podcast every week but not not really in church and so we got to teach together yeah um on marriage and so we thought that we would share with you all what we taught on now if you're listening to this and you're not married don't stop listening it is always good to invest in yourself in every area and maybe you know marriage is not in sight for you right now that's okay days of preparation are never wasted days and so i want to encourage you if you're single this is just as important for you to listen to you know the more you invest and the more you uh, educate yourself before marriage the better off you'll be absolutely and it's always when you get into the problem where most people consider oh no what do i need to do to fix it yeah take some time invest in yourself learn to be the spouse that you want to yeah. receive from. Yeah, which you we're know, actually going to talk about a little bit. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant that's one of our points. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So make yourself though. Like if we're talking to specifically the single people right now. Yeah. Take this time period. Focus on you. Who you are. Who you would be to your future spouse. Yeah. And invest as much effort as you want somebody to invest in the other side of the relationship exactly you'll never regret it you'll always be a better person and i believe that as you sow you're gonna reap yeah people take all this time wishing for this perfect spouse but they take no time in trying to turn themselves into a perfect spouse and so it's important that you do this now maybe you're listening to this and you are married right um You know, you could be listening to this and you could have a great marriage. You could be listening to this and you could have a terrible marriage. I want to encourage you on both sides of the spectrum. Or maybe, you know, you're a little bit in between. You have really good days and then you have really, really terrible days. Let us encourage you. Marriage is awesome. But it is you get out what you put in. And so we're going to kind of go over today, not kind of, we are going to go over today, three key things that can make your marriage great. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, my spouse will never listen to this or my spouse, you know, won't put in this work. 
that's okay. Just like what we said about the singles, you work on you because Mm -hmm. if you change you, you change us. So it's like I say, if I, if I can change me, I can change us. So that's okay. Let's, let's look at ourselves. Let's look at what we can do. Let's not always blame. And that's something in our culture that we see. It's a blame culture. It's an, it's a blame culture and it's an entitlement culture. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to blame, it's nothing's ever my fault. It's always somebody else's fault. And with entitlement, it's, well, this is owed to me. Right. I deserve this. Right. And as we go into these three points before we do, I want to just set a foundation. Yep. Every single marriage its most crucial foundational aspect, the very thing that is the bread and butter to make it successful is a foundation of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4.12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. If you take these three points that we're going to go over and you don't have Jesus, you can definitely make your marriage better. But with Jesus, you can make what looks impossible completely possible. You can take what's bad and it can become good. You can invest and you're going to reap a harvest from the Lord. And I always tell people this, you know, it's like a... It's like a triangle. You know, if you picture Jesus as that pinnacle point, you on one side, your spouse on the other, as you two get closer to Jesus, you actually become closer yourself. So as you listen to these three points, take it all under the context of, man, with Jesus, my relationship can be better. With Jesus, my relationship always has hope. With Jesus, I can truly see the change that I'm believing for. Absolutely. And if you have a great marriage, it can get even greater. That's the best part. It can always be better. Always. Always. So the the title of our teaching today, you know, for this podcast is Oh, it's so cute. Ready go. It takes two. It takes two. And that in itself goes against everything the world is teaching us today because the world teaches us to blame, right? So it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. But it takes two, takes responsibility that, hey, there's two of us responsible for our marriage, not one of us. Marriage is the only time math doesn't make sense because it's not a It's common core. Oh, sorry. Yeah terrible but true it's not a half and a half making a whole it's one plus one making another one covenant right covenant with god is the greatest relationship that we have and marriage is supposed to reflect that covenant but just like our relationship or our covenant with god it takes two Mm -hmm. there's work on both parts it's not just god's job and it's not just my job same with marriage it's not just my spouse's job and it's not just my job it takes two it's both of our jobs to put in that W-O-R-K, because that's what marriage is. Intentional work on both standpoints. Marriage marriage and ministry are both spelled W-O-R-K, I feel like. All right, um, start us right off. Let's go. First ingredient, if you want to call it that, um, of making your marriage great, or the first thing that you need to put in, the first key, whatever you want to call it, is two mouths. So it takes two. The first thing is two mouths. And we're talking about communication. Communication. Man, so many marriages, communication is the thing that breaks them. It's the thing that makes them miserable. It's the thing that makes two people who loved each other all of a sudden hate each other. Um, But the important thing we need to understand about communication is 
communication is key. crucial. You were hoping I was going to say key. I tried to say it. I yeah. figured. Communication is key. But communication is. And before we get into it, let's, let's read a scripture. I'll read the scripture. Because I'm, you know, this is your kind of thing and you're talking a lot. So I'm just going to be that guy that kind of just jumps reads in. the Bible. Go for and it. then jumps wow, in a little bit so here and there. you're just so like Jesus. Please yeah, you know, can't do it too. Wait, I don't know. All right. Never mind. <laughs> just go ahead and read Ephesians the Bible. Ephesians 4, 2 through 4. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves unified in spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. There's some very key words in that. I mean, we see humble, gentle, patient, making allowances, love, unity, you know, peace. Binding together. And all these things have to do with our communication. Our mm-hmm. communication is how we portray these things. Right. It's how we can keep peace in our marriage. Right. In our communication, we need to be humble. We need to be gentle. How we stay unified is, be- is by communicating clearly. But something that a lot of people miss, and we missed it for a very long time, is that you don't communicate to be heard. You communicate to be understood. Right. Because, yeah, because in the beginning of our marriage, I spoke at you a lot. She just yelled real loud. But I didn't really talk. I didn't, you know, I didn't talk so that you understood. I felt like just because I said something, I had communicated. But if the person who you're communicating with doesn't understand, you have not effectively communicated. Just because you said stuff out of your mouth doesn't make you a good communicator. It's, are people able to understand what I'm saying? Think about when you listen to a great preacher or... Um, a great motivational speaker or somebody who speaks for a living, right? When you walk away from something that they've said and you have understood everything that they've said, it's impacted you in some way, you genuinely will walk away believing that they're a great communicator. But when you've sat under somebody who is all over the place, they're like talking about one thing, talking about another thing, or kind of all all over the place, you walk away and you'll never say that they were a great communicator because you didn't walk away with understanding. Same with marriage. You got to communicate to be understood, not just heard. Right. And most people, they fight and communicate to win arguments, not necessarily to come to a compromise or come to an understanding. Exactly. We found that one out real quick. Oh, yeah. And we we found out that if you're communicating to win, you lose every single time. Before you even started, you lost. If that's the goal, you've already lost. There's no win. Even if you feel like you've won, you've still lost. Because think about it. You're braided together. Two have become one. So if you beat your partner, who are you beating? You're just beating yourself. Yeah. If you, you know, if you degrade your partner, who are you degrading? You're just degrading your own body, your own self. Yeah. And so communication is where so many marriages miss it because they're not actually effective in how they do it. And let me just say real quick. We are not sitting on a high horse in any way (laughs) saying that we have it all together, but you know, we've been together now. Our anniversary is coming up five years. We've learned a thing or two, yeah, but we, we learn more every single day. Actually, just when you think you've arrived or just when you think you're getting good at something, something happens that makes you kind of reevaluate everything again. And so it's good. And so we're not in any way saying that we're professionals, but however, we have learned a couple of things. Yeah. Like Chad, I think about our first year of marriage and <laughs> I mean, you know, I want if you're listening to this and you're single, you do not have to have a bad first Correct. year 
I do not believe that every couple has to have a bad first year. I believe that you can have an amazing year. I mean, I look at my sister-in-law, your sister, and our brother-in-law, yeah. right, Corinne Antonio. They have had an incredible first year of marriage. Like, they, honestly, I loved watching it because yeah. it was awesome. That was not our Shout first out, year. Shout Tone. It was all you. Had no. nothing to do with Corinne at all. <laughs> That's inaccurate. Okay. Um, but think about our first year. Our first year was terrible. Yeah. Okay, we... But we made it through. I'll make excuses for it. Ready? We started our first year of ministry. Yeah, we left South Africa, moved to New York, started a young adults ministry that didn't exist, found out we were doing outreach at the same time. So I was in my first year of marriage, my first year of ministry, like practical ministry. I was living in a new place, which uh, go back to when we were dating and when he brought me and showed me uh, this place when we were dating, I told him that I would never come back. Um, and here I'm sitting in my dining room table at the place where I told you I'd never come back. So <laughs> don't tell the Lord things. <laughs> um, but you know, so it was a lot of firsts for me. I was away from my family, right. all of these things. And so I was absolutely miserable. And our first year of marriage is completely my fault. And I take the blame for that. Um, I'm 100%, not even going to argue. 100%. And so, but with that, I came from a family that is very loud. South Africans, the, the, the average South African, I'm not saying all of you, if you're listening, all but of the you average South African, we're loud. Yep. We're loud people. We're passionate people. We're like, we're culture. When she we says love our the culture. word passionate, she means they yell. We love our culture. We get excited about things. We're passionate. Well, so I come from a family that's that way. Not not necessarily yeah, the, the women men in my family, yeah. but my, the females <laughs> in my family. And um, Chad... You know, I don't want to speak for you, so your family. I mean, our family is just very direct, very straight to the point, not very emotional. Not and very, when you get like, loud, uh, compassion. They're not yeah, very no compassion. compassion. I had to um, get a backbone really quick. Yeah, and so she would start yelling, and I immediately shut down. And But I wasn't yelling to yell. I was yelling because I was passionate about stuff, or, you know, I'd get frustrated, but that's just how I dealt with it, and I was trying to communicate, and that's not how he communicated. That wasn't effective yeah. in any way, shape, or form. In fact, all it did was make him incredibly angry. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't effective. And then as soon as she started doing that, I shut down all communication lines because yeah. it wasn't. I wasn't going to entertain, in my mind, nonsense like that. So both of us walked away frustrated. Yeah. We had attempted to communicate. I felt like I wasn't being heard. Yeah. He felt like I was being disrespectful, which in turn because he would walk away, would make me feel like I wasn't loved and yeah. I wasn't valued. And so all of this was all over the place, though, because we had terrible communication yeah. skills. Mm -hmm. And so we had to learn to come to a compromise. And marriage is compromise. compromise Anyone who says yes. that you don't have to compromise in marriage has never had a good marriage yeah <laughs> because it's compromise every single day now i'm not talking compromise to the fact that you lose yourself right. or that it's negative but compromise in that you you make changes for another person marriage is about the other person it's about serving it's about figuring out what is better for them mm -hmm. and so we had to come to a compromise in our communication. For both of us had to realize we were terrible at communicating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, the first step is admitting that you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then we began to work on it. And yeah. you know what? We're still not great at it, but we've gotten so much better. So communication, it takes two to communicate. Yes, both people have to be willing. Both people have to want to do it. And both people have to work at it all the time. Yep. But Number 
Oh, sorry. Are you, are oh, you ready? I was going to say, but the second one. And the second one is two hands. So you need two mouths to communicate, and then you need two, two hands. hands. And this is talking about work and, and our actions. actions. Yep. Do you want to read Colossians, baby? I have to. It's my only words I'm going to get in. It's fantastic. <laughs> Wives, oh, this is a good one to read. Hold on, let me. <coughs> Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. So what do we see from that scripture? There is work from both parties. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there is a beauty in gender roles. Amen. Uh, Again, you know, and I don't want to keep bringing up the culture that we live in, but truly the culture that we live in tells us that gender roles are terrible right. and how dare you define, you know, somebody's role and whatever. But God is a God of order. Mm-hmm. He's not a God of confusion. And so he's given us roles and there's equal work. And if I do my role and the, your spouse or Chad, you do your role, it's going to work because yep. God wired us that way. Absolutely. Now, everybody's roles are going to kind of look a little different depending on their homes right. but there's still a guideline absolutely and that's not saying like you know because in our world there's a lot of families where both spouses are working full-time absolutely. Yep. you know and there's other ones where the female is the breadwinner and the male is staying exactly. home or the yep, yep, yep. male that's is the breadwinner yeah and the yep. female staying home it's not about those roles yeah it's about having a helpmate it's about having spiritual authority in exactly. the relationship i'm glad that you clarified it's, that it's about truly knowing what the other person lacks and what they need and what's necessary to make the household work. And that looks different in every household, but if it's never communicated about, if it's never agreed upon, then there can never be that fulfillment in satisfaction. That's when those little things get in, right? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's those small things. Well, yeah, he sat there and, you know, let me clean up the entire kitchen. Well, Well, did you ask him to help? Right. Or the husband sitting there and I walked through the door and the first thing she did is start saying that you need to do this and you need to do that. And well, have you ever communicated to your wife that when you walk through the door, you've had a pretty intense day at work. You need 30 minutes to just decompress, sit on the couch, go blank, go in your nothing box, and then you'll be ready to have that conversation. Right, right. So marriage mm -hmm. requires that equal stewardship right because i am a steward of our marriage just as much as you are a steward of our marriage and so we both have to put in the work but what do you do when you feel like your spouse is not doing his part or her part or you know you feel like you're the only one putting in the work here's what we need to remember there's a principle in the bible called sowing and reaping and the bible says that god's not a man that he should lie that whatever a man sows that he's going to reap how does this apply to the workload of marriage well be what you need give what you want sow what you would like to reap yeah Yep. And if you, I mean, it's so easy to get frustrated. I'm telling you that lack of communication or unmet expectations, it's so easy to get frustrated around those things and say, well, I did my 50%. Well, 
You know, and that's the, again, the issue with 50% and 50% making 100%. Well, when you do your 50%, the problem is you're waiting for the other person to respond. What if they don't respond? It's so much easier to blame somebody else instead of looking at ourselves. Yeah. And so sometimes you just got to sew. You got to put in the work. Yeah. You got to go that extra mile. Look inward. You, yep. yeah, you got to take the word literally. You got to read the word. You got to consume the word. And the word tells you that you need to go above and beyond. The, the word tells you that you need to not hold faults against yeah. each other. The word tells, he, the word can takes imagine, away all of our excuses. Can you imagine if Jesus was like, kept like a tally? Because a lot of couples oh, keep yeah. a tally. And oh, yeah, we, that score sheet. We kept sheet, a tally yep. for a long time, right? Well, and I, I was going to say, I think I kept a tally. <laughs> um, but can you imagine if Jesus walked around with a tally like, well, they didn't do that. Mark against them. Oh, mark yep. against them. Minus two now, points. I'm not gonna. Yep. I'm not gonna provide because they didn't do that. And no, Jesus doesn't keep a tally. And if yeah. we're called to be like Jesus, we shouldn't be keeping yeah, tallies. That's not either. how healthy relationships work. No, because again, <laughs> being like Christ is being selfless. Mm-hmm. And so, just like our relationship with Christ is important, and a marriage is a reflection of that, we have to be selfless to our spouse. And I think. This is really where, and I don't even think, it's not even I think, it's I know. This is where uh, social media has ruined marriage for us. Disney. I hate Disney. He does. He despises Disney. Disney, princess, fantasies. It it makes you go into this fantasy world or expect this fantasy and this perfect thing. And so you sit back and you don't want to put in work because, well, they should be doing this. And he should be arriving at my doorstep with all the roses from the grocery store scattered on the ground for me to walk on. Or you're waiting for the one. I hate that idea. I think it's the dumbest thing. Talk a little bit about the one. In the world. Some people would say that there's one person in this world that you were meant to be with and when you find that one everything's perfect everything in that I think destroys so many marriages because logically thinking let's talk about this if one person marries the wrong person then another person's going to marry the wrong person and it's a chain reaction it's not even a logical thought process there's no such thing as the one do you know what the one is it's the one that you through the Holy Spirit, are led to come in agreement with the one that you decide to marry, the one that you decide to invest in, the you know where the grass is, where you're watering it, while you're taking care of it. That is the one. It isn't the magical one that's going to fall from the sky, you know, and meet all of your expectations. Because I think uh, one of the fun things we always talk about is when a girl describes. Her oh my gosh. favorite you you know, future husband a female, plan. And you maybe know. you're listening to this and you're a female. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure we have females listening maybe. to this. Possibly one <laughs> maybe, or two. Maybe. Possibly we have one female. But no. If you were to ask the average female to describe her perfect man, she would say things like, he listens to me and he lets me cry and he cries with me and he understands me and he shares my emotions. You're not describing a man. Yeah. You're describing a best friend who is a female. Yeah. Or yourself. (laughs) Or yourself. (laughs) You're not describing a man. And that's the problem is... People go in with expectations. And, and 
unmet expectations are the breeding ground for offenses. Yeah, and disappointment and, disappointment. and frustration yeah. and those little foxes. And the thing is, marriage is incredible when you understand how marriage works. Yeah. That there are two completely different people from different backgrounds coming together and having to learn how to live and compromise and do life together. Right. And I can tell you this, it can be the greatest joy of your life or it, or it can be. be the worst thing in your world. Yeah. But it comes down instead to a choice. of just giving up or getting frustrated and throwing in the towel, why don't you take the same effort that you were going to take to maybe leave or complain and get frustrated and take that effort and put it towards your relationship? Let me encourage you real quick. The Bible says that, you know, it's talking about a spouse when, they're, when they have an unsaved spouse. The Bible says that that spouse that's unsaved can be won over by the actions, by the conduct of their saved spouse. Maybe you're listening to this and your spouse is saved, but they aren't quite, you know, putting in the work that you would want them to put in. Your actions can get them to that point. Give what you want, be what you need, and sow what you want to reap. But the third thing, so the first thing, it takes two takes two mouths to communicate takes two hands to work and then it takes two hearts and this is talking about willingness it takes two hearts to be willing yeah. to actually want to make it work because mm-hmm. at the at the end of the day attitude is everything yep. what is the posture of our heart because if the posture of our heart is negative and while well, this just sucks and i'm stuck and there's no way out and what am i going to do your marriage is going to never right go if past you've that. given up there is no hope yeah that's what i always tell people because we've sat across even as young as we are we've sat across with a lot of couples that are ready to throw in the towel and i say listen as long as you have two people who are willing to put in the work and put in the effort then any marriage can work, no matter how hard it is. I remember actually when we were learning for the very first time and sitting with my father who was doing premarital counseling or postmarital counseling, and he was showing us um, kind of the way to do it and the best techniques and things like that. And we're sitting with a couple and they were married for seven years and they hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they said out of their own mouths that they didn't enjoy it and it was miserable. Mm-hmm. Sat down with them for a few sessions, spoke with them, gave them the truth of God's word, bro- taught them how to, you know, just put in that work, do these things that we're talking about. And this last two years, I think, have been the best years of their lives, Amen. best years of marriage. You can see the countenance change on their, them. I mean, they're so happy, not just individually, but together. But yeah. I think this is my part now because I get to read yeah, the scripture. Yeah, this is a cool right. scripture. All right, Amos. I said Amos. <laughs> Amos, there's no A. It's Amos because there's no. What do you mean, Amos. There's no A. A M O S. Moss is spelled M O. So what you're saying is A space M O S S. A Moss. Just carry on going. All right. Amos 3, verse 3. Amos for my South Africans that are listening. Which you've slacked lately because your numbers have gone down in South Africa. So you're not that loyal to uh, Mother Teresa Jade over here. All right. Let's Amos keep reading. Amos 3, 3. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And that's a question. That's a question. No, the answer is no. 
You cannot walk together. No. Unless there is agreement between two people in the direction they're going. You can't walk together. You can't walk together. Nope. At some point, one person's going to be pulling the hand of the other person. You may meet up at different points and have, you know, times where you are together during that wandering. Right. But there's no walk together. There's nothing, you know, it's it's more situational. It's not doing life collectively together. And marriage is about being unified. It's about being together. It's going through the highs, going through the lows. It's being by your side, you know, thinking about the vows for better for worse for richer for poor it, it you know through sickness through health you know no matter what you're going through yep and i mean i believe in our lives and we'll never experience sickness you know we'll never experience poverty we'll yep. never experience Amen. those things because we've been redeemed from them Amen. but we got to be willing to walk together no matter what comes yep. our way yep actually you have a really cool story that you wanted to share about kind right. of a willingness and what how do you keep that willingness? How do you stay yeah, with a stay posture focused. of and stay focused? Yep. Yeah. Because um, right when we were about to move to South Africa, getting ready to get engaged, uh, we went and sat with Jade's uncle. Um, and it was really a cool time. I'd never met him before. And he spoke to me. And he, they have an incredibly successful marriage. And he said, listen, do you know why we've been together throughout all of this stuff that's happened in our life? And I said, no, well, why is that? And he said, because of vision. He said, when we first sat down, God put a vision in both of our hearts. And he gave us a commission for our life. And that commission was to do this, this, and this. And what we realized is these small things, when you compare them to the vision, no matter how frustrating they may be, no matter you know how irritating it may be, when you compare it to the overall vision, it does not compare. The vision always trumps it. The vision always wins. So we're willing to put aside our selfish motives. We're willing to put aside our little squirms and our frustrations. And we're able to move forward because we know what's ahead of us is so much greater than what we may be going through in this moment. Exactly. You got to ask yourself the question is, is this fight? Is this frustration? Are these things going to matter in the light of eternity? And it sounds so corny, but it's the truth. Actually, I have a really embarrassing story. Probably one of the most embarrassing things that I feel like has happened. Chad and I, I used to be full-time at the church um, before I had Hunter. Now I work from home. And um, we had fought on the way to the church, like bickering back and forth in the car. But it got to the point, like we, I was mad. And I'm the kind of person that you can see it on my face when I'm mad. I don't hide it very well. Nope. And um, that morning we had staff prayer in his dad's office, who's our senior pastor. And um, we walked in obviously fighting and I was mad and looking miserable and we walked in and his dad obviously was going to ask because hello, I'm like a walking billboard of misery. And so he's like, what's going on? And so, you know, we, I, I don't remember, I probably like spewed something about his son and he looked at us and he said, well, is this going to matter in the light of eternity? Well, it's, he's my pastor, so I'm not going to be like, yes, yes, it is going to matter. I'm like, no, obviously it's not going to matter. And so in front of all the staff, he made us apologize <laughs> to each other because it didn't matter in the light of eternity. Yes. And that right there made me want to work on my poker face. <laughs> we live and we learn. You live and you learn. But, you know, again, back to being serious, is that it really does take a willingness on both yeah. parts. And You got to put in the work. You got to put in the work. And if you are both willing, you can truly conquer anything. Yep. Think about unity in the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
What does the Bible say? Where there's unity, there's a commanded blessing. Right. Or one where one will put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand. Exactly. Together you have a multiplied impact that God has for this world. Together God has a purpose. Together God has a family that you're gonna raise and impart into and develop and teach his, you know, teach your children his ways, and you're gonna create a legacy where it is a continued building of God's kingdom, a continued successful lifestyle. And you know what? In this world, we need that. Yeah. We absolutely need that because if we look to the world, man, the divorce rate's over 50%. Oh my gosh. It's so sad. People want to judge Christianity and how Christian relationships work or even, you know, the roles that God has over the family. Well, Clearly what the world is doing is not working. Exactly. There's so many broken families, and there's no condemnation against that because I believe God can make whatever was bad and turn it for good, and I believe that God can fill whatever gap may be listening. Uh, maybe missing. Yeah. Maybe you're listening today and you're a single parent, whether you're a mother or you're a father and you're a single parent. I believe God will fill the gap and God will put people around you that will help raise your children and give them those structures and give them the the roles that need to be there so that your children can see success in this world as well. Amen. So to recap real quick, it takes two. two. Marriage takes two. Two, two mouths, mouths to communicate. Two. Two, two hands, hands to, to work, work two and two hearts, hearts to be willing. willing. And so, you know, I pray that through listening to this, you've been encouraged. But if I can encourage you with one more thing, and then I'm going to pray. And that is, take the amount of energy that you're maybe complaining about your marriage, that you're maybe, the amount of energy maybe you're using to try to think of ways that you can get out of your marriage or even you know the amount of energy you're using to not move forward in your marriage Mm -hmm. and take that energy and put it towards fixing your marriage and making it the best marriage you can have because remember we are a steward that means we got to take care of it we got to tend to it and we have our role that we have to play we can't blame everyone else we can't blame our spouse god's looking at me and he's looking at you and um, that's what he's going to hold us accountable for so father we love you thank you that you've set us up for success you haven't set us up to fail you have set us up for absolute success so right now god as we surrender our lives and our marriages to you god i thank you that you come in and do what only you can do god i thank you that we will have marriages that glorify you that when the world looks at them they point right towards you and your love and your kindness and your patience and the list goes on of all the qualities god that we need to show the world that you have so god we love you we thank you for everything that you're going to do god i pray that any couple that's listening to this right now a year from today god that they would look back at this as a time where you know they really took to heart some things god and they made the change that has revolutionized their marriage so god we give all these things to you today in the name of jesus amen Thanks so much for joining us on today's Truth Be Told podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode you just listened to. Remember, we have new content coming out every single Friday. If you know of someone who could benefit from this, we would love for you to share this on your social media, as well as go ahead and leave us a review. But for now, we can't wait to catch you next week.